Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God, which we will consider today, is recorded in the book of Acts, in the second chapter. There we read verses 22 to 32 in Jesus' name. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus the Nazarene was a man recommended to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man who was handed over by God's set plan and foreknowledge, you killed him. You killed by having lawless men nail him to a cross. He is the one God raised up by freeing him from the agony of death, because death was not able to hold him in its grip. Indeed, David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will rest in hope, because you will not abandon my life to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Gentlemen, brothers, I can speak confidently to you about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath that he would seat one of his descendants on his throne, He saw what was coming and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, saying that he was neither abandoned to the grave, nor did his flesh see decay. This Jesus is the one God has raised up. We are all witnesses of that. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed. Imagine what it must have been like for the disciples of our Lord in those days right after Easter. What an exciting, what a life-changing time that must have been for them. After all, they knew that their Lord and their friend Jesus had been arrested in Jerusalem. They knew that while he was in the custody of the Roman soldiers and the Jewish guards, he'd been beaten nearly to death. And then they knew that after that he was crucified, being nailed to a cross. And they knew that his lifeless body had been taken down from the cross and then buried in a nearby tomb. These were all known facts. None of them could be disputed. But now they knew something else. They knew that Jesus had risen from the dead and that he was now alive. One of those who knew him, Peter, stated this simple but amazing truth. This Jesus is the one God raised up, he said. We are all witnesses of that. If we had personal knowledge of someone who had died and was buried and then who later came to us alive, not as a specter or a phantasm or uh, some sort of a vision, but physically alive. 
If we could point to such a time when we witnessed such an event, we would no doubt be compelled to say, that changed my life. I haven't been the same since. That's the tone and emotion we ought to hear in the disciple Peter's voice today. Standing before a large crowd in Jerusalem, this was the message that he proclaimed. And it's ours to tell also. So today we say Easter provides us with a life-changing message. And we'll note that this is a message meant for us to hear and one that is meant for us to share. At the beginning of the second chapter of Acts, we read, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and spoke loudly and clearly to them. Those words give us an idea of how much Jesus' resurrection had changed Peter and the other remaining disciples. The Bible records that after the Lord was seized and taken away in the Garden of Gethsemane, most of the disciples had scattered. Peter didn't run away, but he did end up disgracing himself later that night by denying three times that he had anything at all to do with Jesus. All of his friends assumed now that with his death, everything was over. They assumed that the same people who had killed their Lord would now be out looking for them. And so as our gospel reading today indicates, on the evening of that first Easter, they were huddled together in a locked room in a secret location. No doubt every creak of a board, every noise they heard in that building frightened them, and every passerby on the street looked sinister and dangerous to them. But that night, everything changed when Jesus, the risen Lord, walked through the locked door and stood among them. Peace be with you, he told them. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. They were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now, just a few weeks after that, we see those same disciples standing out in the open, speaking freely before hundreds and even thousands of people. These formerly timid and fearful men have gone through a change. Now they boldly stand before some of the very people who earlier called for Jesus' crucifixion. And they declare he's alive. In his impromptu sermon that day, Peter reviewed the known facts that Jesus was a man who had been recommended, made known by God with miracles and wonders and signs, all which proved that he was the promised Messiah. Furthermore, Peter told his audience that they themselves were guilty of taking part in Jesus' death. He said, this man who was handed over by God's set plan and foreknowledge, you killed by having lawless men nail him to a cross. That was a brave accusation to make, wasn't it? And one that could have easily incited a forceful, violent reaction from the crowd. But even more, Peter boldly went on to say, he's the one God raised up by freeing him from the agony of death 
because death was not able to hold him in its grip. Next, the disciple Peter went on to show from the Old Testament that this resurrection of the Lord had been foretold and planned by God. He said, indeed, David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me and my life to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Jesus Christ is alive. That's the message which changed everything for Peter and his fellow disciples. The Bible says that later they went out and turned the world upside down with that message. They couldn't keep it to themselves. They had to tell others. The very same news of the resurrection of Christ has changed our lives too. For what David in his day saw from a far distance is meant for us too who live now 2,000 years after the event. The fact that Jesus is alive means that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be discouraged. For Jesus promised, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We did not earn this love and protection, this promise of his presence with us. In fact, by our sins, we know that we've tried to push him away. And that we would, as a result, rightly be separated from him and his grace forever. But he's alive, and he's promised to stay with us. And because he is risen, we also can say, like David said, Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Our debt of sin has been paid off in full by our Lord's death. He showed that by presenting his hands and his side to the disciples, reminding them that he had died for their sins. We can say that he is with us and know that our sins have been paid for because he's risen again from the dead and that in his name we have hearts that trust in him. So even in the difficult times in life, we hold on to that promise that he is alive and with us, where the law of God shows us our spiritual deadness because of our sins, and it horrifies us with the prospect of God's just punishment. Now our tongues may rejoice as we sing Easter hymns, as we encourage one another. St. Paul, writing to the Romans, reminds us Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins, and he was raised for our justification. That is, to announce to the world that in Jesus' name we are forgiven and stand innocent before him. Because of this good news of forgiveness through Jesus, we can have this assurance and know that because he was not held in by death, we can know also that God will not abandon us to the graves our bodies will one day be placed in. 
Now our outlook on death itself has changed. For Jesus promised, because I live, you will live also. We will one day rise at the call of our Lord's voice when he returns for the final judgment. That will be the last day. Then our lowly mortal bodies will be raised up in the likeness of our Savior's glorified body, never to die, never to be sick, or disfigured, or grieve again. Because Jesus has arisen, we too can say, as our own death approaches, you will fill me with joy in your presence. Now we anticipate with confidence eternal life in the presence of God, where there is joy, and where Scripture says, he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, and there shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. This is the news which has changed our lives. It was brought to us first, in many cases, in our baptism as little infants. Scripture says in the letter to the Romans, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried with him by this baptism into death so that just as he was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too should now walk in a new life. This is news which has changed everything as it did for Peter, and it emboldens us to share it with others. As a pastor, it's my privilege, of course, to declare the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a public way. It's hard to imagine Easter Sunday and these Sundays that follow Easter without hearing again and speaking of this life-changing message. But this same privilege belongs to all of you and to everyone who has heard and who believes that Jesus Christ has risen physically, bodily from his grave. This telling of others can be as simple as a familiar exchange which occurs here, especially on Easter morning, as we say to a friend, Christ is risen, and they respond, he's risen indeed. One of our missionaries years ago working in Ukraine once related how one day he was driving through the capital city of Kiev on this very Sunday, the second one after Easter, and a traffic officer standing along the road waving a baton pulled him over. Wondering what he had done wrong, the missionary was surprised when the officer approached his his window and smiled and said, Christ is risen. And the man wrote, I replied in the way that 70 years of communism could not uproot. I said, he is risen indeed. We don't have to flag down passing motorists with the news. We don't have to stand up all alone in front of hundreds or thousands of people like Peter did. We can share this good news, though, with the people we know, people on the job, friends at school, within our social circles, within our families. 
We can tell others that through, though our sins surely contributed to the death of Jesus Christ and our sins made all that he suffered necessary, God used the crucifixion of his own son as the way to remove our offenses and its guilt from us and to, to declare us to be not guilty. We can tell others that death could not hold Jesus and that he is stronger than death and that he has overcome it. He is risen and lives now and forever. We can tell and show that the resurrection of the Lord and the message of that resurrection has changed our lives. That his rising from the dead fills us with comfort and gives us courage and joy and hope even in the hardest and saddest of days. Easter provides us with this life-changing message to hear and believe and then to share with others. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore. Amen. Please rise for the apostolic benediction. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.